0: Chapter 21 of the House on the Borderland This Librivox recording is in the public domain Recording by Winterout The House on the Borderland by William Hope Hodgson Chapter 21 The Dark Sun How long our souls lay in the arms of joy I cannot say but all at once I was waked from my happiness by a diminution of the pale and gentle light that lit the sea of sleep. I turned toward the huge white orb, with a premonition of coming trouble. One side of it was curving inward, as though a convex black shadow were sweeping across it. My memory went back. It was thus that the darkness had come before our last parting. I turned toward my love inquiringly. With a sudden knowledge of woe, I noticed how wan and unreal she had grown, even in that brief space. Her voice seemed to come to me from a distance. The touch of her hand was no more than the gentle pressure of a summer wind, and grew less perceptible. Already, quite half of the immense globe was shrouded. A feeling of desperation seized me. Was she about to leave me? Would she have to go as she had gone before? I questioned her anxiously, frightenedly, and she... Nestling closer, explained in that strange faraway voice that it was imperative she should leave me before the sun of darkness, as she termed it, blotted out the light. At this confirmation of my fears, I was overcome with despair, and could only look voicelessly across the quiet plains of the silent sea. How swiftly the darkness spread across the face of the white orb! Yet in reality, the time must have been long beyond human comprehension. At last, only a crescent of pale fire lit the now dim sea of sleep. All this while she had held me, but, with so soft a caress, that I had been scarcely conscious of it. We waited there together, she and I, speechless for very sorrow. In the dimming light, her face showed shadowy, blending into the dusky mistiness that encircled us. Then, when a thin, curved line of soft light was all that lit the sea, she released me, pushing me from her tenderly. Her voice sounded in my ears, I may not stay longer, dear one. It ended in a sob. She seemed to float away from me, and became invisible. Her voice came to me, out of the shadows faintly, apparently from a great distance. A little while, it died away remotely in a breath the sea of sleep darkened into night far to my left i seemed to see for a brief instant a soft glow it vanished and in the same moment i became aware that i was no longer above the still sea but once more suspended in infinite space with the green sun now eclipsed by a vast dark sphere before me utterly bewildered i stared almost unseeingly at the ring of green flames LEAPING ABOVE THE DARK EDGE, EVEN IN THE CHAOS OF MY THOUGHTS I WONDERED DULLY AT THEIR EXTRAORDINARY SHAPES. A MULTITUDE OF QUESTIONS ASSAILED ME. I THOUGHT MORE OF HER I HAD SO LATELY SEEN THAN OF THE SIGHT BEFORE ME. MY GRIEF AND THOUGHTS OF THE FUTURE FILLED ME. WAS I DOOMED TO BE SEPARATED FROM HER ALWAYS? EVEN IN THE OLD EARTH DAYS SHE HAD BEEN MINE ONLY FOR A LITTLE WHILE. Then she had left me, as I thought, forever. ever. Since then, I had seen her but these times upon the sea of sleep. A feeling of fierce resentment filled me in miserable questionings. Why could I not have gone with my love? What reason to keep us apart? Why had I to wait alone while she slumbered through the years on the still bosom of the sea of sleep? The sea of sleep! My thoughts turned, inconsequently, out of their channel of bitterness, to fresh, desperate questionings. Where was it? Where was it? I seemed to have just parted from my love upon its quiet surface, and it had gone utterly. It could not be far away. And the white orb which I had seen hidden in the shadow of the sun of darkness? My sight dwelt upon the green sun, eclipsed. What had eclipsed it? Was there a vast, dead star circling it? Was the central sun, as I had come to regard it, a double star the thought had come almost unbidden yet why should it not be so my thoughts went back to the white orb strange that it should have been-i stopped an idea had come suddenly the white orb and the green sun were they one and the same my imagination wandered backward and i remembered the luminous globe to which i had been so unaccountably attracted It was curious that i should have forgotten it even momentarily where were the others i reverted again to the globe i had entered i thought for a time and matters became clearer i conceived that by entering that impalpable globule i had passed at once into some further and until then invisible dimension there the green sun was still visible but as a stupendous sphere of pale white light almost as though its ghost showed not its material part. A long time I mused on the subject. I remembered how on entering this sphere I had immediately lost all sight of the others. For a still further period I continued to revolve the different details in my mind. In a while my thoughts turned to other things. I came more into the present and began to look about me seeingly. For the first time I perceived that innumerable rays of a subtle violet hue pierced the strange semi-darkness in all directions. They radiated from the fiery rim of the green sun. They seemed to grow upon my vision so that, in a little, I saw that they were countless. The night was filled with them, spreading outward from the green sun fan-wise. I concluded that I was enabled to see them by reason of the sun's glory being cut off by the eclipse they reached right out into space and vanished. Gradually, as I looked, I became aware that fine points of intensely brilliant light traversed the rays. Many of them seemed to travel from the green sun into distance. Others came out of the void toward the sun, but one and all, each kept strictly to the ray on which it traveled. Their speed was inconceivably great, and it was only when they neared the green sun, or as they left it, that I could see them as separate specks of light. Further from the sun, they became thin lines of vivid fire within the violet. The discovery of these rays and the moving sparks interested me extraordinarily. To where did they lead in such countless profusion? I thought of the worlds in space, and these sparks, messengers. Possibly the idea was fantastic, but I was not conscious of its being so. Messengers, Messengers from the Central Sun. An idea evolved itself slowly. Was the green sun the abode of some vast intelligence? The thought was bewildering. Visions of the unnameable rose vaguely. Had I indeed come upon the dwelling place of the Eternal? For a time I repelled the thought dumbly. It was too stupendous. Yet, huge vague thoughts had birth within me. I felt suddenly terribly naked, and an awful nearness shook me. And heaven? Was that too an illusion? My thoughts came and went erratically. The sea of sleep, and she. Heaven? I came back with a bound to the present. Somewhere out of the void behind me there rushed an immense dark body, huge and silent. It was a dead star hurling onward to the burying place of the stars. It drove between me and the central suns, blotting them out from my vision and plunging me into an impenetrable night. An age, and I saw again the violet rays. A great while later, aeons it must have been, a circular glow grew in the sky ahead, and I saw the edge of the receding stars show darkly against it. Thus, I knew that it was nearing the central suns. Presently I saw the bright ring of the green sun show plainly against the night. The star had passed into the shadow of the dead sun. After that I just waited. The strange years went slowly, and ever I watched intently. The thing I had expected came at last, suddenly, awfully. The vast flare of dazzling light. A streaming burst of white flame across the dark void. For an indefinite while it soared outward, a gigantic mushroom of fire. It ceased to grow. Then, as time went by, it began to sink backwards slowly. I saw now that it came from a huge glowing spot near the center of the dark sun. Mighty flames still soared outward from this. Yet, spite of its size, the grave of the star was no more than the shining of Jupiter upon the face of an ocean, when compared with the inconceivable mass of the dead sun. I may remark here once more that no words will ever convey to the imagination the enormous bulk of the two central suns. End of chapter 21 Recording by Alan Winteroud BoomCoach.blogspot.com